0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready, and for this episode, I'm going to be taking you guys back to a year in 1997 to have a look at the Nicolas Cage action adventure movie Con Air. But before we do that, let's have a look at a trailer, let's jump on the jailbird, strap ourselves in,
1: and I'll see you guys soon. After serving the last of his sentence, Cameron Poe is taking the first plane home to his wife and daughter. Today's flight is a special one. We're populating Louisiana's Felton Penitentiary. These guys are the worst of the worst. I see a lot of celebrities among us. I see 11 primetime lives, three Regents and Kathy Lees, and a genuine 2020 interviewee. What you looking at, punk? Nothing I was just lying on your cage. But one wrong flight stewardess what's the end of flight movie today <laughs> can ruin your whole day go, go, go! Ah! what happened we got the plane man welcome to con air gilbert one you are not cleared for takeoff and hey, nobody on this aircraft gives a flying. the issue here is how the plane is brought down shoot it down there are innocent people up there he's got a little girl to come home to he's been waiting for this day for eight years Die. what are you gonna do what do you think i'm going to? said This summer, check your weapons. Take your seat. isn't at your car. And say your prayers. Got the whole world in his hands. From Jerry Bruckheimer, the producer of The Rock. Nicholas Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich. Where are they gonna land this thing? How do you feel about the blackjack tables? Buckle up. Conair. Directed by Simon West. Thank you and have a pleasant flight.
0: And welcome back guys. So the synopsis for this film is newly paroled ex-con and former US Ranger Cameron Poe finds himself trapped in a prisoner transport plane when the passengers seize control. It's got a 115 minute runtime. it's an R-rated movie and it's classed as an action crime thriller. And I'll get this one out of the way early guys, I do love this movie. It's a fun action movie from the 90s and I remember the time when I went to cinema and I was thoroughly entertained. And when someone asks me, do I like Conair, I always say, well, every time I watch it, I try to ask myself that question, but I usually get to the end and I'm entertained by action explosions, cheesy dialogue, one-liners and the killer cast, so it just does everything for me an action movie should do, especially when I go to the cinema, as a popcorn movie. So the real answer to that question is it doesn't matter if it's a good or bad movie, it's not expecting Oscars or anything like that, but I'll tell you what, I'm just thoroughly entertained by the end of it, so yeah, it ticks all the boxes for me. Um, and it's also the most Michael Bay movie that wasn't directed by Michael Bay to my surprise and I only really re- realised this um, when I did this episode when I started looking at who actually directed this film I knew the um, legendary Jerry Bruckheimer was involved as a producer and that guy just cannot do anything wrong he has an amazing catalogue of movies as I mentioned in The Rock with um, Beverly Hills Cop and Top Gun Gone in 60 Seconds just the name, just a few but it was actually directed by a guy called Simon West and he had, this was his um, big break in movie making. He hadn't made any anything like this before, he was given a budget of $75 million. On the lead up to this he just made short movies. So for a first time go as a director on a big budget movie he'd done an incredible job and he ended up getting himself a smash hit back in the uh, summer of 97 with a return of $224 million. And... Let's have a look at this cast. I mean, it's a killer cast. It's got Nicolas Cage in it, which I mentioned in the last episode. He was absolutely booming in the mid-90s. Mid he was a proper sort of a, become a proper A-list action hero uh, with another movie called Face Off. And then he went on to go and do um, Gone in 60 Seconds. And then he did The Rock previously before this. So every time I saw Nicolas Cage's name attached to the movie, I always thought, well, you're going to get your five bucks worth out of this and you're most likely going to get entertained. And of late, I know he's made a few turkeys, but I'm sure he's still got something in him to pull something out of the bag, and uh, I think his latest film is supposed to be quite good, The Colour Out of Space, that's getting some pretty good reviews, a um, uh, H.P. Lovecroft sci-fi movie, so I still need to check that out, but it's getting some good reviews um, on social media. But that's enough for Nicolas Cage right now, because you've also got another killer cast in this movie, and let's have a look at who's in this film. So you've got John Cusack as Agent Larkin, and John Malkovich as Zoris the He's the bad guy in this film. You've got T. Williamson as Babyo, o Cole Meaney as Agent Malloy. Ving Rhames as the Diamond Dog. Steve Buscemi as Garland Green. Danny Trejo as Johnny-23. So that's just the name a few. Listen to some of those names. Eh? Diamond Dog, Garland Green, Johnny-23. Uh, these are all the um, bad guys in this film. And there's also a whole ton of trivia for this movie. Um, there's just a whole load on IMBD. So go check it out. But um, I will name just a few. So you've got um, Nicholas Cage travelled to Alabama to perfect his accent in this film. I'm going to go and save the day. so I can't do an Alabama accent. Cole Meany, who plays Agent Malloy, was in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and he pays a little homage to this by displaying a Star Trek communicator on his key ring. So it's kind of like a blink and you miss it moment. Uh, Gary Oldman was first choice for Cyrus the Virus, and I could actually see that. He's a hell of a menacing character himself, but... Um, Can't take anything away from John Malkovich and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sly Stallone and Kurt Russell were in line to play Cameron Post so I could actually see all three of those play this character but now I've seen it with Nicolas Cage I can't unsee it with Nicolas Cage and the film has a total body count of 43 people in this movie I didn't realise it was that many to be honest with you until I had a look at the trivia so it's quite high And Leanne Rimes, she had a hit song with How Do I Live Without You, which stayed in the charts for about 17 weeks in the top 10 in the US charts. But they did not use her voice for the movie. It was actually sung by Trisha Yearwood, and she she sings a song, um, which is the love song between Cameron Poe and his wife, and it works quite well in the movie. And talking about songs in movies, especially with Jerry Bruckheim, it's not the first time he's had a hit song attached to a film that he's produced, and to name just a few, you've got Beverly Hills Cop with Axel F, you've got uh, Take My Breath Away with Top Gun, and you've got Armageddon, um, I Don't Want to Mess This Thing by Aerosmith, and Faith Hill, Uh, Where You'll Be with Pearl Harbor, and of course Conair, so every time you get a Jerry Bruckheimer film, you tend to have a song that does really well in the charts, so the two go together, so... All in all, you're getting quite a good package here with a film and a song and everything, so whatever he touches seems to turn into gold jeep right So let's have a look at this film then, guys. So it starts with Army Ranger Poe returns home to his pregnant wife after being honourably discharged from the Rangers. And he's having a dance with her down in a bar and he comes across a drunken man and he says that, you know, you're, you're the type of guy that lost his Vietnam, And then you hear... Poe's wife so you know I thought that guy had come back then again and it's kind of like a bit of a Cameron Poe backstory to saying that he went to the army to sew up his wild roots and he's managed to sort that issue out. So the film right at the beginning delves into a little bit of a backstory there about Cameron Poe and he's obviously a guy that's probably spent may, might have spent a bit of time in jail or been involved with the police before but now he's become a army ranger sergeant so the two sort of go together for what's about to happen in this movie. So after this he gets into a fight with this drunken mao and to defend his wife he ends up killing the guy because he's got a uh, knife on him and this results in him going away for 10 years in prison and whilst he's in prison he's pretty adamant that he doesn't want his daughter to see him in prison so um, over the 10 years or over this time he's writing letters. And the thing that's getting him through is um, for him to go and see his daughter and his wife eventually one day. So, effectively, this film is a love story, really, for him to try and get home to see his kids. And that's main, the main building block. But, but let's not get too mushy about that. Um, as the film starts, you get a workout video. This is how I can describe it. Yes, a Nicolas Cage workout video in a prison. So, he's, he's doing push-ups and pull-ups and all that. And he's... Uh, mate, made a good friendship with his mate babio and he's reading books he's learning spanish and his hair's getting longer in every scene his hair's getting a bit longer and it's getting a bit longer <laughs> and there's a cutout scene where there's a riot in the prison and his his cellmate babyo saves his life but but that was not on the uh, cinema release um, that was only on the uh, dvd extra when i got it back in the day so you didn't see that part of the story so that's quite significant later on So he cut forward to seven years and Cameron Poe's got his uh, release date, he's got a parole date and he's saying that on July 17 I'm going to go and see my daughter. So he hitches a ride to Alabama on a Jailbird and boy what a hitch, what a ride to hitch because he gets onto a plane with all the worst criminals in the world. And he's also accompanied by his cellmate Babyo. So and this uh, jailbird ride is overseen by U.S. Marshal Larkin which is played by John Cusack and you've got a side story here where you've got a DEA agent who's got an undercover on the plane as well he's called Woody Sims and he's trying to see if he can find information from a drug dealer who's on the plane so it's just a little bit of a side story it's kind of played significant later on. So then you are introduced to all these um, Famous inmates being Cyrus the Virus, Diamond Dog, Billy Bedlam and Johnny 23 and all dressed up in their orange border suits and chains and you get some really good shots of the plane and everything here and then you get Cameron Poe, he comes off and they say well he's a nobody but he's just hitching a ride. So then the plane takes off and Joe the Pinball Parker, he incites a riot by setting himself alight and... Along the way, Cyrus takes over the plane and they plan to go to Carson City to collect the other prisoners as a schedule. So they stop at Carson City to uh, collect the other prisoners and there's a stand- sandstorm which kind of goes their way um, because Cyrus uh, covers himself up as a as a guard. And he uses the guards on the plane to which they've taken over as the prisoners and they cover their faces up. But this is where Cameron Post steps up. He goes up to one of the... Um, Uh, guards and he says something to him he says oh I want my photo back but then he plants him with a microphone tape which uh, drops off this guy when he walks out and it alerts all the other guards and then there's a firefight between the um, guards and the prisoners and then the um, plane takes off and they manage to get away and one of the prisoners that they picked up is Steve Buscemi and he looks like um, Hannibal Lecter he's got a sort of Hannibal Lecter mask on and and he's called Garland Green. And you get a funny scene where um, you know, Cameron Poe sat on there with his friend Baby-O. And Baby-O says to Cameron, you know, what's going on? And Cameron says, well, they managed to put every worst criminal onto one plane and put us right in the middle of it. So there's, there's some good lines in this movie and... Um, I forgot to mention a scene that happened earlier as well before they landed in Carlson City you actually had the DEA agent um, show out and he takes Cyrus hostage with a gun but in this process he manages to get himself killed but this is with uh, Cameron Poe trying to negotiate with him saying look you're in a situation that you can't control but as a result he gets killed and Cyrus looks at Poe and says that was some good work and he's actually making friends with uh, Poe so Cyrus actually has some respect for Poe, which kind of goes in his favour, and so he is the only guy left now to uh, try and sort this situation out. But he's remaining undercover. And then you've got a scene where, as the plane took off, you had a character called Pinball who put a tracking device onto a Air Tours plane, but he missed the jailbird and. As it turns out, he gets caught up in the landing gear, which is stopping the plane from flying properly. So Poe goes down to go and sort this situation out with Biddy Bedlam. But in this process, uh, Billy Bedlam opens up a box with um, Cameron Poe's uh, possessions and he reads a letter that he's on parole. So you get your first fight scene here between Poe and Billy Bedlam and uh, Poe comes out and he manages to kill Billy. And the only person that notices this when he comes up is Garland Green. He actually comes out and says two went down, only one comes up. So no one else notices Billy Bedlam at this time, but there's probably too much going on on the plane for anybody to notice. But um, Cameron Poe used that also to his advantage because he used uh, Pinball's body as a message. He wrote, writes on his shirt, um, Agent Larkin, Learner Airfield. So it's basically alerting him where he's going. So then Pimble's body falls out from the sky and it's quite a funny scene here. We've got a couple driving through town. Guy's just, uh, a bird craps on his windscreen. He says, ah, damn, I just had the car cleaned. His wife said, oh, well, that's good luck, honey. Then all of a sudden Pimble's body comes crashing through the window. And so now Larkin's been alerted about Lerner Airfield and the plane lands and it's like an abandoned filled with a load of um, dismantled planes it's basically um, an aeroplane um, junkyard in the middle of a desert and what you get here is a scene that I can only describe how do I describe this scene It is almost like a sweaty Nicolas Cage aftershave advert with him running around trying to fork Cyrus the Virus and his men and he's allied up with um, or he's teamed up with Agent Larkin so between them they try to stop their plans and they're backed up by the National Guard, who get um, drawn into a trap, and you've got a firefight between the prisoners and the National Guard, and it all kind of goes wrong. But um, Cameron Poe's main objective here is um, his friend Babio, who is running low on insulin, so he's trying to find some insulin and a needle or, or a needle for him to inject himself with that. And you get a funny scene here where Poe jumps underneath a car, and there's an old guy, there's an old sort of like garage hand there saying, you might be able to find a first aid kit in the old work shed. So he goes, all right, thanks. And he says, you just you just hang in there. And he says, oh, well, you shouldn't take drugs, kid, like that. And just a bit of comedy. And he says, OK, just hang in there. And he says, well, you don't need to go and take a piss. So it's just a bit of comedy. So amongst all the carnage, uh, Poe gets into the work shed. And this time, this is where he meets Agent Larkin. And they're holding guns at each other. And then Larkin says to Poe, you know, like, I've read your record, I know you're not a bad guy, you know, are you trying to help us out and what are you going to do? And this is where Poe comes out and says, well, like you know, I'm going to go and save the day, so in a very sort of cheesy way. And um, he basically says to him that I can't, I can't leave because I've got to save my mate on the plane and he's, you know, if he doesn't get this insulin he's going to die. So then you've got him trying to get back to the plane and then he sort of says... Well, this ain't exactly my type of barbecue, but what the hell. And then again, you've kind of got what I said earlier another bit of Nicolas Cage aftershave advert where he's running through and it's all like slow motion shots and there's explosions going on. And um, there's still a firefight between the prisoners and the National Guard. And he manages to get back onto the plane and the plane takes off and there's a piece of um, rope which Poe tried to tie up onto the plane to stop it from taking off but it pulls off from this bollard and then there's a hook that goes under um, Agent Malloy's precious vintage uh, Stingray car and the hook gets underneath it and as the plane takes off the car gets pulled along with it and this is where you get a scene where Cameron Poe's looking out the back of the plane and he says on any other day that might seem strange so you get, you get some comedy moments like that in this film. So the plane's taken off and all the remaining prisoners on board are dancing to Sweet Home, Alabama by Leonard Skinner. and at this time Cyrus has now worked out that Cameron Poe has been messing up his plans and he's got the le- his parole letter and his letter from his daughter and he's saying that my, daughter, my daddy is coming home on July 17th and he's got the um, the pink bunny that he's going to give to his daughter and it's like this classic iconic scene which when people talk about Conair, they usually say this scene, you know, move or the bunny gets it. So he's he's worked out what Poe's what been doing all along and then Poe reacts by um, stepping forward to say that it was him. But before he can do this, uh, Baby-O puts his hands up and says that it was actually him all along and then Cyrus shoots him in the stomach. Um, and as a result, Nicolas Cage goes into full Cage rage now and he starts taking on all the prisoners and he takes on Cyrus and he starts punching them all up. And then he manages to uh, take control of the cockpit and he gets in contact with Larkin who is pursuing the plane with Malloy in some gunship helicopters. And Larkin manages to convince Malloy that Poe is on their side and they have an alloy on the plane and um, they team up together to try and help Poe out. And as a result of this, the plane ends up landing on the Las Vegas Strip. But before this, uh, Cameron Poe comes out, or Nicolas Cage comes out, one of his finest lines in this movie when he's looking over Las Vegas, and he goes, well, viva Las Vegas. So another great line to this movie. So you get the plane, that crashes on the Strip, and it's like a spectacular scene, and there's a bit where there's a tannoy that comes out where someone says, can the person of the... White Corvette, please move their car, and then you just see the plane just go crashing through the car. So after all this carnage, um, most of the prisoners get killed, but Zyrus, um, Diamond Dog, and Swamp Thing, the pilot of the plane, they manage to escape, and they jump onto the back of a fire truck. And this is where you get uh, Poe and Larkin um, join forces again. Uh, on the Las Vegas Strip and they commandeer some uh, police motorcycles so you get like a motorcycle chase with Poe and Larkin and they're going after the um, fire truck which is a pretty cool scene and they take on the diamond dog and the swamp thing and there's some explosions and then they finally catch up with Zyrus in another junkyard and he falls onto a escalator and he gets his head pounded by some sort of um, crushing device in the junkyard, so that's that's his ultimate fate. So, so with the uh, help of Larkin, Poe po saves a day, and this is where you get uh, the final scene here, where he meets up with his wife and his daughter. And after everything that Cameron Poe has been through, this is where he's he's most nervous. He's kind of a little bit unsure whether his daughter's going to like him. It's quite a nice scene actually, and he gives his uh, daughter this um, dirty dishevelled bunny that he's had on the trip all along that he's promised her and then he meets up with his wife and um yeah so it's it's quite a nice scene actually after at the end of this um hardcore action movie there's a little bit of a soft side to it and um poe manages to get home to his to his wife and kids so it's quite a nice ending and then there's a little scene right at the end where you've got that um cannibalistic um killer that was on board being Garland Green played by Stevie Semi and he's playing on the roulette table so they kind of leave it open-ended so that is the end of Con Air guys so that is my bite-sized review of um, this uh, crazy action movie so I hope you enjoyed it Um, if you haven't seen it go check it out if you have seen it um, be interested to hear your views on it like I say it's a little bit of a mixed bag and I think when I round it up after doing the review on it, I mean, it's actually a um, a love story. Um, that when you when you look at this film, it's actually about a guy trying to get home to his uh, wife and his kids, and whilst doing that, he's on a plane for the psychopaths, and he has to deal with that along the way. So uh, that is Con Air. And the other thing I was going to say is that it's probably the straightest role that I've seen Nicolas Cage in. Um, he does actually play a sort of non-typically Nicolas Cage role, and he plays the action hero... He plays quite an intelligent sort of character. Um, he's not like the sort of buffling buffoon character he can play in some of his movies that you see, so um, it's a little bit of a different role for him. So there you go, that is it, that is Con Air. So let's do a bit of admin here guys. So I'm a proud member of uh, Legion Podcast, so go and check out all the other shows there. And you can find my show on iTunes and Stitcher, and I'm also now on uh, YouTube so you can check the show out on there. And um, I will be back soon for the next episode, which is going to be Time Bandits. That's going to be my next episode, so I'm going to be looking at that classic film. Uh, One of my favourite movies from the 80s. It's kind of like, um, for me as a kid, it's sort of like my Harry Potter movie for me. So I'll have a look at that. So that's it, guys. Uh, Keep it fun, keep it bite-sized, and I will see you soon.